Guys, I want you to welcome author Miss, Miss Lady J, author of Life After. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this whole entire title here. <laughs> welcome so much, Miss Lady J. Me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And let me just make sure that I say Dr. Lady <laughs> J. Want to put some respect on your name. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're so welcome. How's it going wherever you're at? Tell us where you're at. Where are you coming I, from? I'm in Virginia, right outside of Richmond. And it is cold, but it's awesome. It's awesome. It's going well. It's going well for 2020. It's going well. <laughs> well but see, we're in that time of the year now, so it's gonna be cold. It's gonna be like it's almost like here in Indianapolis, we're still on the cusp of like some good weather. We haven't got the big blizzard or anything like that, but we're supposed to be getting some really bad weather next week, so it's supposed to turn worse. But um, that's good. I'm glad you're staying warm. Yes. Great. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining another episode of The Candy Show. I'm your host, Candy, and I have Dr. Lady J. We're going to get right into it. And you're from Virginia. Tell us a little bit about yourself first before we get into the book and the reason why we're here today. Well, I thank you for that. Well, Dr. Lady J, I am, but I am originally from New York. I was born in Spanish Harlem. I'm just a city girl. Um you know, trying to live my life. So I landed in Virginia, not ever thinking I would live in Virginia because it just wasn't on my radar. But when you're raising kids in the 80s, New York was just not the place to be. So here in Virginia for almost 30 years now. And it has been good to me. It has been good to me. It has allowed me to grow. Though I'm far away from family, I have made a tremendous amount of friends and family that now, you know, I can consider, I trust and I love and that covet me and really um, have helped me to grow. So that's a little bit about me, the book. Okay. And tell us a little bit about the book now. I had to get a paper copy. So tell everyone, first off, how do they get a copy of the book before we go any further? Okay, you can go to, it's on Amazon, actually. You can go to Amazon and get the book. Um, we're going to be coming out with the ebook soon, but right now it's on Amazon. If you want the book and they want to, like, respond here, I have books here. I will personally sign books and send them out. Those are $20 with shipping. So either way they want to do it, you know, that's fine with me. Um, I do Zelle and I do um, PayPal, so... We can, um, they, you can get a book, and I would recommend the book, not because I wrote the book, because the book is a healing book for everybody, I believe. I actually was going to get into this. Now, the first thing I said was life after, but I did not finish the rest of the title. Yes. The entire title is life after when God breaks every shackle. Yes. Tell us a little bit about why you wanted to write this book. Um, it was a healing process. I'm not a young person. I've been through some things in life, which I'm sure a lot of people have been through. I was the type of person who didn't speak about what I went through. I grew up in a home where, and it's most African-American black people, what goes on in your house stays in your house. You don't open your mouth, you know? 
So I grew up like that, which made me become tight, not loose, not free, not vibrant. Right now, I'm free. God has blessed me to heal me. And it was a healing process. I've always been a writer. I'm a writer. I've always written. I write poetry. I wrote, I write all kinds of things in life. But I felt as if God was telling me, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. And I was writing the book and I was writing the book and God would wake me up and change things. It, I'm telling you, because there were some things I didn't want to say. There were some things I didn't want people to know about. Because, of course, when you go through certain things in life, the enemy has you bound to think that, hey, this is you. Nobody's going to love you. Nobody's going to care about you. Nobody's going to want to care about that stuff. So it was a freeing for me. And I believe in me freeing, which I've heard from people who've read it, you know, and I've heard one young lady say, girl, you don't look like what you've been through. <laughs> and another one said, wow, that allowed me to let go of some things that happened to me. And I even had a conversation with my brother the other night, just recently. And he said, you know, some things happened to me too. So I want people to be free. I want us to live a free life. And I don't want the next generations to go through what I went through. I taught my kids, I don't care who, what, where, and when. You tell me what's going on because I don't want you to go through what I went through. So that was that's why I wrote the book. Is this your first book? This is my first. This is the first. I'm finishing my second now. Wow. Now, did you plan for it to come out during the time of the pandemic? I mean, clearly we knew that 2021, who knew we was about to be in a pandemic? But let's just say this. When 2020 started, was this your goal to release the book this year? It wasn't. I wanted to have a big party. I had already picked the place. I was going to do it on my birthday. It was going to be a birthday and then I was going to introduce the book as a surprise and I was going to have all my people there and it was a quarantine thing on live on live and it, but it's been wonderful anyway because if it's meant to be it's meant to be and it's going to happen so I believe that no that wasn't my plan <laughs> well you know what it was God's plan that's right that's right it was God's plan so tell us a little bit about the book. So from what I have read, and as you see, it's a little uh, used because <laughs> that's what happens when you read a book. That's right. And it is that's used. right. <laughs> what, I, what I have to say when I first read it, the words life after. Now, that's the first thing I focused on. I did not focus on the rest of it. Um, but when people hear life after, usually you're, you're speaking in the reference of a death. Mm -hmm. And um, I noticed that in here, it's first of all, you guys, go ahead and get it. Make sure I'm a tag Dr. Lady J. And then I'm also want, going to make sure that you guys get this book. She's going to reiterate where you can get it at later on in the show. Um, but what I had noticed was that while it was a quick read, mm -hmm. because of some special things that you had in here, I actually took my time okay. to read the book. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the book and how it came about the way 
that the book is orchestrated. Okay. So I started the book because I've had a lot of loss in my life. I lost my mom three years ago, and that hit me my core. But I started with loss. And when I thought about loss, just like you, life after, you do think about death. But the Bible says we die daily. We should die daily to self. So when you lose a friend, and I'm not talking about loss of a death, but when you separate from people and you don't, you know, those people move out of your life, there's life after that. When you lose a spouse because they no longer want to be with you or you don't find it necessary to be with them, there's life after. That's a loss. When we get, when I got divorced, it was like a death. It really was. I had to find myself. I had to find out who Jennifer was. Because when you're married for over 20-something years, you lose yourself. Now, I didn't know I was losing myself. I was mommy and auntie, and I was wife, 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 wife. I was first lady, and I was running church, children's church, this church, going to work, doing all these things. And Jennifer... You know, Jennifer just came alive a few years ago. So there's life after those things. So I dealt with loss first. And I had to realize what it meant. It's not always a death, but it feels like it. So I lost a job. Never thought I would get fired. Me? That hurt. Because I know I'm doing my job. Um... Loss of confidence in myself. Didn't even realize that the negative talk and the, the not so nice things you think about yourself, weight gain, and you know, I don't look like everybody else. And I went through a colorism my whole life because I'm about the darkest person in my family. So I wanted to know where I was from <laughs> because I don't look like everybody else. So it's, it's life after all of that, though. Molestation, child abuse, you know, there's life after all of those things. So, and without, without giving away too much detail as far as what exactly is in the book, uh -huh. because we want to make sure that they get the book. Right. <laughs> you are so right. Life after. Mm -hmm. and, and let's talk about it. We're in the middle of a... <laughs> Who knew pandemic? Right. And unfortunately, there have been many lives lost. But for those who are still here, mm -hmm. I mean, right now we are in a, a time of uncertainty. Right. Which is one of the, one of your uh, chapters. Yeah. You talk about, matter of fact, let's go back. Because you have, chapters but then you have sub chapters mm -hmm. so let me correct myself because it was the sub chapter of uncertain to make sure that you guys understand that that way when you get the book you won't be looking for the chapter that says uncertain right but i have to tell you that everybody experiences loss mm -hmm. a loss of Anything and everything, whether it be an individual, whether it be a job, and right. whether it be, you know, losing your children to adulthood. Right. We all go through 
stages of loss in our lives. Right. But one good thing is that there is life after. And a lot of times we find ourselves stuck in that loss. Yes. And your book is a healing. It's a healing book. And I like that because you talk a little bit briefly about yourself and the things you went through through each and every one of the chapters and the sub chapters, but you don't actually go in detail. You give everybody just enough. But then you also add something else into each subchapter. Tell us a little bit about that. You're talking about the scriptures? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, and that was the research part of me where I wanted people to be able to use this as a journal. I want people to, reading it straight through is great, fantastic. But when you're going through something, I wanted a book that you could go to and Find that. Let me find this chapter. Let me see what Dr. J said. Let me find those scriptures. So I wanted that. So I put the scriptures there so people could just go to those scriptures and find healing in the word. So there's my story. There's stories about other people. But there's also scripture from the word that you can just go through, go to, get it, and learn. And I want people to take this book and write. I want them to say, on this day, I was healed and delivered from this. So that they can go back and say, wow, it's been 10 years. It's been 15 years. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to know that you are delivered from something. Ooh. And you know, <laughs> it really is. And that's the reason why I said it's a healing book. And even though I said it's a quick read, because it really is the chapters and sub chapters, they're very short. Mm -hmm. And when you apply the scriptures, you apply maybe two to three, maybe if you get four scriptures per each sub chapter, that's the reason why I said it's, it's a short read, but you're also giving a little bit about yourself, mm -hmm. just a little bit. So they can understand that you went through something too. So it's like a reference. Okay, I'm going right. to tell you a little bit about myself, but understand there is also a scripture that's associated. So that way you can also reference it and you can understand you're not the only person that goes through these things. That's true. Yes, absolutely. And that's what keeps us in bondage, believing that it's me. It's only me. I'm, only, I'm the only one. And once I realized that and learned that I'm not the only one, but I have a story to tell and everybody else has a story to tell. And I had to tell my story to heal myself. I had to allow myself to be transparent so that others would realize I don't have to take this abuse. I don't have to go through this or I can do better. I can move on. I can get degrees. I can get a house. I'm, I'm worthy. I want everybody to know they're worthy. They are so worthy. So worthy. So that's and what I wanted. Now, let me go back a little bit. Doctor, tell us a little bit about that. Your title, doctor. I'm a doctor of education. Earned through tears, blood, blood sweat, everything. Um... I went to Virginia Tech. So, you know, there's a question out there about being a doctor of education opposed to a medical doctor. 
Well, my thought process is there wouldn't be medical doctors if it weren't doctors of education because who's going to teach them? So back in 2015, I found a flyer at my job and I applied. Now, when you talk about applying, when you're talking about this level of education, I filled out the application. I paid the hundred dollars. I wrote the paper because you have to write a paper and then you have to stand before the board to see if they will accept you into the program. So I got into the program, which was such a blessing. It was two years worth of classes going to school every week, even in the summers. And the summers were pretty brutal because it was Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays. And it was during the day because, you know, I'm an educator, so we don't work. So it was, it was, it was a lot. And then after you finish your classes, you have to find something to research in education. So my research was on um, the disproportionate number of um, African-Americans, but I, I laid it out to everyone. I did the entire state of Virginia and who is mostly placed in special education classes. I did it by district, city, state, county. It was a lot of research <laughs> to say the least. So you have to get that approved by the board. So I did that. I did the research with the help of others. I'm going to tell you, this is not a thing you do alone. I found experts, experts that could do, because um, there's a lot of charts and math and writing, and you got to have somebody to proof your work and do things. So then after you do all that, and it's, it's, deemed, it's deemed publishable, because it must be deemed publishable by the by, um the higher-ups and the, the committee, um, you stand before the committee three times, no less than three times I stood before the committee to get each part of the book on my project um, accepted. We wrote the first chapter, it was accepted, then I could move to the next chapter, then I could move to the next, you know, it was like that, and it's five chapters. So after I did that, I stood before the board, it was approved, I was considered a doctor, but after that, I had to go make any revisions they told me to make, and I had to send it to the college, and they had to also approve it. So it's not an easy task to become a doctor. <laughs> People think it's just, oh, you're a doctor. This is work. I didn't have the respect for it I have now until I went through the process. But I thank God for the process because in the process, I was able to even walk a friend who's a friend of mine now through the process. And that's what I want to do in life. I want to help others. This is not just for me. Anybody can become a doctor if you put your heart and mind and soul into it. So it was a process, but I'm very proud. Very proud of it. Well, congratulations. Thank I you. always wanted to know what did the doctor stand for? And what exactly do you have to go through when you get that title? Right. So I thank you so much for allowing me to know and understand. Now I know. Yes. So going back to the book, mm -hmm. now I, I want to focus a little bit more so because of everything that's going on. Okay. I talked a little bit about um, you talking a little bit about uncertainty. uncertainty. Okay. Let's tell, tell us a little bit about, and you can reference a little bit what's going on with your book and what's going on today, um, and then and, and having faith. Tell us 
Talk to me a little bit about that. About uncertainty and yes. faith. Yes, yes. And how, because your book is life after when God breaks every cha every shackle. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're in that time of uncertainty. Right. And in order to break free, and what I believe, you have to have faith. You do. So tell us a little bit about that and, and how does that reference what you have in your book? Um, my thought process is that my faith is what makes me who I am and it allows me to go through this pandemic without going stir crazy because I talk to people every day, all day, and everybody cannot handle being isolated, being um, alone. Um, we didn't become educators to be isolated in our home teaching through a computer. So it's extremely difficult when you're a social butterfly, you like being around people, and you, you know, you enjoy being out. So when this hit and there was an uncertainty, we didn't know what was happening. They didn't give us any information. We didn't know. You didn't want to touch anybody. You didn't want to be around anybody because you didn't know. So when life brings us these things, the first thing I did was go to that scripture because there have been many plagues before, but God brought his people through. But then bringing people through, we have to have wisdom. We have to listen to the scientists and the doctors who know what's going on and be wise about it. We can't party and go out and do all kinds of things. I want my young people to understand there will be a day that you can go back go. out and do those things. And I can't wait. Right. But there's a but. Dot, dot, dot. We must be wise right now and stay isolated until this these um, vaccinations and just God cleans the land. I'm in a prayer group and every week I pray. My prayer is God heal this land. Heal it. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, it's getting worse again. But that's because people are not listening. And it, it amazes me how grown folks, grown people, we tell our children, you better listen, you better pay attention, you better follow the rules. Really? <laughs> so we have to do the same thing. So with that being said, when it started, I made a plan. I went out once a week. I made sure I wear my mask, my glove. I mean, in the beginning, I was really, I was almost in a hazmat suit because I did not know. But, you know, with wisdom, God will show you what time to go out, where to go, how to do things to be safe. And, you know, I, I just, you want to live. People say, I want to do this and I want to do this, but you want to live. You have to live in order to do those things. There will be a day we can go back out. We can be with one another. We can, you know, travel. I, there is nothing more devastating to me than my birthday came. This is the first year I did not travel. I go somewhere every year because that's my one time to really give Jennifer something. So it's hard, but we have to remember whose we are and who we are and be wise and not want to just have that instant gratification because the instant gratification, you don't know who's got it. You don't know who's uh, asymptomatic. So you want to be very careful so right now, I'm around a group of people that I'm always around. 
I'm not going to risk my life knowing that um, black and brown people are getting it more and that if you have an underlying issue or um, illness, it can bother you more, it can attack your body first and, and foremost. So we got to use wisdom. We have to use wisdom in everything we do. So to me, every day is a new day. I thank God for every day. I can walk around my neighborhood. I can get some fresh air. I have to work in front of the computer. It's okay. And that's what I tell people. It's okay. We're going to get through this. I tell my teachers all the time, what do you need? What can I do? I'm checking on your mental health. Because everybody was concerned about the kids. Well, I was worried about my teachers. Because if you're not okay, you're going to harm some children. And I know what it means to be a child that's harmed. So that's my thing. We have to check on one another's mental health continuously. Because isolation kills. We've got to be better friends, better parents, better, just better people. So that's what you mentioned. And you mentioned prayer. Now, this is also in your book as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Give us a little bit about from what you have in your book. Prayer. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. I can't go through the day without praying. And what I want people to realize is prayer is not we're on our knees every day, all day, every day, every day, every day. I could be walking through the grocery store. Thank you, Jesus. I found that salt. Thank you, Lord. You're giving him his due. You're praying. I'm in the car, and I'm thanking him for covering me because you could be gone in an instant. You wake. I wake up with positive affirmations. I wake up with just to start my day, I learned a new affirmation a few weeks ago from a brother at my church. He just not, well, he was um, praying. He said, just say this every day. He said, I commit my day to you. I am going to be blessed today. That simple. So when we pray, it's not, uh, uh, oh my God, you got to have a certain posture and you have to be a certain type of person and things like that. Prayer is talking to God. I can walk around my house and ain't nobody else here so I can talk to God. <laughs> it's prayer. And I didn't start off like that because I grew up in a very strict church. I went to a very, very, it was a Southern Baptist, New York <laughs> Baptist church where you had to do certain things in order to be a part of and you had to live a certain type of life. And that's just not our God you read the Bible, you see God never condemned. He said, let the one without sin cast the first stone. He said, the woman at the well, gracious, because of your belief, because you believe, you're whole. It's not that difficult, and people make it so difficult for people to come to Christ and be a good Christian by saying there's all these rules and regulations. They're not. They're not. So I believe prayer is necessary. It's talking to God. It's simply asking our Father, telling our Father how great he is. And before we ask for things, we need to let him know. I trust you. I believe in you. I love you. You know, we don't always have to go and say, I want that new car. I want that new house. I want that. No, it's not a gimme, gimme, gimme. It's, mm -hmm. it's just a relationship. That's what it is. It's a relationship. It's the best relationship you could ever have. 
I totally agree. I actually do the same. I have to say that when you talk about prayer, not everybody is, if you want to say this, gifted to be able to pray publicly. Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't even know how to pray. So even if it comes to the point of you saying, thank you, Lord, for just allowing me to get home safely, ding, there you go. You just prayed and you That's didn't right. even know. You know That's, what I mean? That's right. I, I, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about, because, again, what I wanted to make sure today that we focused on what's going on now mm -hmm. versus what's going to go on versus what has went on. We got to think about the present right now. Right. And, and, and your, your book talks about these things without knowing that it talks about it. A planned no, if you want to say that. A lot of people that I know have recovered from the virus. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I want to jump a little bit towards you talk about in your book about a medical diagnosis mm -hmm. that you have. Right. And life after. Yes. yes. So tell us a little bit about that because again, we are here with Miss Dr. Lady J and we're talking about her book, Life After, When God Breaks Every shackle tell us a little bit about that <clears throat> so that was just last year um oh. actually 2018 went for my regular routine checkup because i go every year just making sure you know my body is right everything is good i had a pap smear and it came back abnormal never in my life have that happened now my doctor said, oh, I want you to go see the specialist. We don't know what it is. That hit me. What? Because I've had a lot of death in my family from cancers and things like that. So I go to the doctor, get the pap smear. I also had to get, not a pap smear, uh, yeah. And I also had to get a biopsy. That's what I had to get, a biopsy, to see if there was, what was, was it abnormal? Was it benign? Was it, what is this? What's going on? So, you know, with anything, when a doctor tells you this, there's time. <laughs> it's not like go to the doctor now. You got to make an appointment. You have to wait. So that time in between one test and another test, and then after the test, you have to wait. That's a time for the enemy to get in there and just tell you all kinds of things, just to work on your mind. But I was determined. I, only t I don't go around, I don't have a large circle, let me put it that way, but I do have a prayer circle. And when things are going on, I know who to call. <laughs> so after, not before, not during, but right after I got the biopsy, I didn't realize it was going to be that painful or that, dis that so much discomfort. So I figured I'd go to the doctor and, you know, drive myself. I didn't realize it. I stopped and I called my prayer circles and I said, I need prayer because this is hurting. I did not know it was going to be like this. And um, 
oh no, we got you. They prayed. Everybody's praying. I'm praying. But I have to constantly pray because the enemy gets in there and yeah, you're going to be just like so-and-so and then this is going to happen and that. You have to get those negative things out of your mind and concentrate on the word and by his stripes I'm healed and no matter what it is, I know that my God will supply all my needs. He's going to heal me. He's going to fix it. And you know, a week later, the nurse called me and everything was cleared. Now, that's a testimony. Because one test comes back and it's just, you don't know what you got. You got to go to the specialist. You got to go here. You got, and I'm, and I'm, and then the next test and the biopsy came back fine. And I'm just like, you know, it's, it's a test. Life is a test. This is a test. This pandemic is a test. And we have to pass this test. We have to be there for ourselves as women. We have to be there for our, our sister friends, our families. We have to be there for our jobs. We have, to, we have to be there. But we can pass this test with flying colors because with God, all things are possible. So there's nothing I go through that I don't first go to God and then I go to my prayer circle. And I make sure I call and I said, hey, this is what's happening. I need prayer. And right away, we're on it. And if someone calls me and they say so-and-so, I'm not asking any questions because I believe God knows what's going on. I told that people, I told people that for years when I was on the altar ministry, you don't have to tell me what you're going through. I'm going to pray. And you know, when you intercede and you pray for people, I found that people will tell me things like, yeah, that had to be God, because how you know? <laughs> how you know? How did you come up with that out of all the prayers? But when you're connecting, you had a connection, and you want to do his will, he'll show you. He'll show you. So to God be the glory. Everything is good. I went for my checkup last week. I'm good. I'm great. I'm wonderful. And that's why I want everyone to know there's life after. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I wanted to make sure that while we're on here, mm -hmm. that people understand that while we're going through this temporary period, mm -hmm. if we just hold on, because yes. I totally agree, it's a test. Yes. And you actually find, you, listen, I done found out a lot about certain people who I know that couldn't Stand that type of test but then again that doesn't necessarily make them a bad person right because we are all in different spaces in our lives you know some people are just can't just can't stay home others they know you have no other choice so let's just make the best of it but I wanted to make sure that we touch bases on certain things because of everything we're going that's going on with with COVID and everything like that Mm -hmm. But at the same time, to just encourage people to, to understand that there is life after this. Yes. You know, when we were in the club or when we were at Bible study or it, when we were just having a family gathering, that was just a few months back. Right. Almost going into a year now, still a few months. <laughs> but think about as long as we don't been on this earth already and all the things we don't went through all the things that we didn't think we were going to see ourselves go through right come through right. so i just wanted to make sure we touched on those specifically right tell us a little bit more about 
without again giving everything away. <laughs> because I, it seemed like you shifted from, excuse me, allowing people to see a little bit about who you are, mm -hmm. relate to certain things. But then also towards the end of the book, it was almost as if now you have to do certain things. So help me understand if it did not see that correctly. Did I understand that correctly? Are you talking about the wisdoms or are you just talking about in general the back? Just like towards the back, back of the book. I noticed that, like I said, you switched from sharing to almost as if now we have to do certain things. You must do this or you need to do this. Mm -hmm. We talk about dieting, and there's a lot of other things. So tell us a little bit about that. What so, process did you come up with to construct the book from the beginning <laughs> to the end? Well, I wanted to be—I wanted the book to be a book, like I said, a journal type thing. So the beginning of the book is a lot about me, <clears throat> a lot of things I went through. Even in the middle of the book. Um, I talk about my church experience, my Christianity, um, intimacy, because um, people don't really understand what that means. And I'm not going to tell them because they need to get the book and learn that one. That's a good one. Um, yes, yes, yes. But, but I wanted to shift to a point where we as a people learn that if we don't make a move, nothing's going to shift and nothing's going to turn. God is waiting for us. He's got his hand stretched out downward. He's waiting for us to just say yes. So to me, letting people know that you too can have these things that I know I have now and how to go get them. Like, let's just talk about ownership opposed to rental. We need to own things. We need to have things. We need to pass down a legacy to our children. And, and, and my grandparents and my mother taught me that so well. What my mother left me with and my siblings, I had no, no idea. I had no idea what she was doing, but I make sure, and I made sure that all of my children learned they had a bank account from the time they could, they were born, they had a bank account. They went to, my boys actually went to the bank every Saturday and put their little dollars in and put their little, they had the tithe. They had to learn these things. They, um, I taught my kids, the funny part is I taught my kids, I said, okay, you want to have a birthday party? When all these people come over, they might give you a gift and they eat food and they have fun and everything. Oh, you want this hundred dollars? It's all yours. <laughs> and I don't think my sons had a birthday party after they turned like six or seven because they wanted that money. That money. And they, they were able to do what they wanted to do. But with that being said, I told them, you have to be wise with your money. You can't just spend it all. I believe in 80-10-10. I pay myself, I pay my tithes, and I save my money. I do not spend. I do not spend if I don't have to depend on people will tell you. I do not spend if I don't have to spend. If I can get it and get it cheaper, I'm going to find it. 
but we have to teach our children this. We have to teach them not to be labeled people. Because if my name's not on it, then why am I wearing it? I'm not stepping on anybody's toes, but that's just me. But learning about ownership and what it means. Learning how to go in and buy a car, not just take what they say. Well, you can have this one over here. No, I want that one. And I want it for this price. Because I'm not talking about something I heard. I'm talking about something I do. When I got my new car last year, I walked in the dealership. I said, nope, I want this car. I want it for this price. And then I'm going to trade my daughter's hoopty in. And y'all going to give me this much for this $600 car. And that's what I want. And I'm, this is not, I told them straight up. I said, this is not a credit. Here goes my bank check for the car. So you want it or not. This is what we need to teach our children. You know, I didn't walk in there saying, I need credit. I hope they take my credit. I, no. This is my check. This is my letter from my bank. They looked at me like, oh, she done learned something. Yes, I have. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yes, I have. So we have to teach one another. This is not anything. And that's why I put it in the book. Even about getting my degree. This is not something that, oh my God, I'm a doctor. My professor told me the last words out of her mouth, who was my chairperson. She said, let me tell you something. Don't you ever tell somebody to call you a doctor. If they respect you, they'll call you a doctor. But this, this is a small group of people. Uh, and I'm such in a minority. Women doctors are a minority. Then you got, I'm a minority because I'm black. So the number of people who are doctors is so small that the respect is growing, but it's not there. But I did it. So I'm okay with that. As long as it's hanging on that wall in the other room, I got it. You know, so it's, it's okay. But I wanted people to know, you too can do this. And I will help you through it. I have helped people write papers and I'll edit, I'll show them, I'll tell, because I want people to grow. I want people to grow. I do. I, I'm not hoarding anything. It's not going to do me any good to take it with me. Now, in the in the book, I, I the back of the book, towards the back, I really hit home when I talked about promotion, because every job I've gotten, I work for. I don't have friends in high places. I don't have sorrows who hook me up. I don't have buddies and pals or parents or cousins that I have been turned down for more jobs than I could tell you as a doctor. But to God be the glory. God has made it so where I can truly say I'm getting paid my worth, though. Come on. Even without the promotion. That's God. I got two promotions this year in a pandemic. Congratulations. Just saying. In a pandemic. Because I found, just like I went and got that car, I went to the superintendent and said, listen, <laughs> this is what it worked. It worked. So I want people to know you have to you have you got to be right now. You can't just go in there and say, "Let me give me some money." You got to be right. <laughs> you got to you have to have your backbone straight. You got to be. You can't have problems and issues. You got to be right when you go do these things. Now, I'm not saying I'm just big, bold, and bad because I'm not. 
I'm telling you, I'm a girl that grew up in Spanish Harlem and the Bronx. And my mouth was shut until I got healed. It was, I was in my 40s when I learned how to say no to people because I was so scared. I didn't want to lose friends. And I didn't want to, so I was always available, always available, always available. No, if I don't want to do it and I don't feel it's, it's going to help me and it might hinder me, the answer is no. No, it's not good for my well-being. Is this going to elevate me? I can't do that. I live my life too long doing those things. And I want people to learn these things before they get to be my age, before they go through all these things. And also I want them to learn these things because you can see it coming. Oh, I, see, I remember in that book. Wait a minute, let me get that book and read about this, this, this attack right here coming on me. I'm seeing this. So let me get this watered off real quick before it hits me and it, it just crumbles me. You know, and, and, you know, I have to, I have to reiterate this book is the, the fact that there are many people that go through these things each and every day. Yes. Each and every day. Yes. Each and every day. Life after when God breaks every shackle. Yes. Guys, make sure that you go out and get this. I am right now speaking to Dr. Lady J. Miss Dr. Lady J, can you let them know one more time where they can get this book at? Because I don't want to give everything away. We still want to right? have something for them to read. <laughs> Absolutely. So you can go to Amazon. It's Life After. When God Breaks Every Shackle, it looks just like that. You can get it if you just want to get it. You just I want it tomorrow. But if you want a signed copy, I will do that. You can DM me on my um, Instagram. You can DM Miss Candy and she'll give me your information. And if you want a signed copy, I'm at Zelle or PayPal. It's $20 for God to use at yahoo.com. Go ahead and spell that just in case. F-O-R-G-O-D, the number two, U-S-E at yahoo.com for God to use. And that's what I'm all about. And then how can they contact you or follow you? Because you said they can contact you on Instagram. Yes, they can follow me on Instagram at kidsbiz092. And Go ahead and spell that also. K-I-D-Z-B-I-Z-Z-092. And you can follow me. I will follow you back. You can get my go send me a um, message and I will definitely get with you. I've had people do that the last time I was on. Actually, people actually bought the book. And I was like, oh, okay. And then the young lady who bought the book, I sent it to her and she read it and she said, wow. And it's things like that that make my day. When she told me, she said, no wonder I needed to connect with you. Because you, you, you just, you just made me realize why I'm going through what I'm going through and how to come through it. That's the thing. When we can overcome and come through things, as pure gold. That's what I want for people. I want people to be healed. And you know what? This is the perfect time. Like I said, guys, this is a an easy read. The yeah. chapters are very, very short. And you also include scriptures at the end of the chapters, sub-chapters. 
And it's only like three to four, you know, depending on what type of chapter it is, which might be a little bit more lengthier, but no more than 10 pages, if that. It's probably like seven, maybe. That might be the most for each sub-chapter. And the reason and I, I did that is because people gravitate to different scriptures. I'm not saying read them all. You might figure mm -hmm. out that John 360, oh man, I like that one. I need to stick with that one. Jeremiah 29, 11, that's my scripture. I need that one. Don't think that when you read the book, you got to read every scripture every time. They're all scriptures that relate to that situation. And that just lets you know that even in the Bible, there were so many different circumstances. People went through the same thing. So that's I why I did that. As, I kind of look at this as like a mini Bible, but more with a relatable um, content. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's that is a big compliment. That is an awesome compliment. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And just so you guys see, this is also the back of the book. It has Dr. Lady J's face on it. And you have something else down here. Tell us a little bit about what's at the bottom. So it's just um, telling you that we all are going through things and we're going through it now. This pandemic I told my um, supervisor the other day, I said, let me tell you something. If anybody says they're not going through something, they're the ones that need the most help. We have all gone through trauma in this pandemic because our lives have changed. Our lives have changed tremendously. I used to love, I get up at five o'clock, go to work, be back home by two, da, 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 da. It used to be wonderful. Now, I have to change my, my venue from the living room to the den to the bedroom every day when I'm doing my work because, you know, it's, it's a different world. So we're all going through things and we're all been through trauma. So we got to remember, don't say you're okay. It's okay to be not okay if you do what's necessary to come through it on top. So it just, you know, we go through things. We have to be open and honest about it. When we keep that stuff in, I truly believe that's where cancer and disease and diabetes, that's where it comes from. We keep it in. And we keep it to ourselves and we hide and we, we just murmur and complain about it. No more. I want people healed. I want No, I don't want people going out here saying, hey, but I want you to work on you and be able to say, I came through that. That's the thing, coming through it. We're going to all go through something. If we're not going through something, we've been through something. And if we're not, we've not been through something, we're going to go through something. Life is not a bed of roses. But the point is we get through it. The point is we get through it without hurting others, without hurting ourselves, and growing. We have to grow in every lesson. Everything is a lesson. There's a reason for everything. I take nothing for granted. If something happens, there's a reason why. So therefore, I say, okay, what did I, what's the lesson? What do I need to do? Number one, to not do it again. I don't want to go through it again. Number two, what do I need to learn? Because for so many years, I was on that potter's wheel just going around and around and around in a circle. And I said, that went on again? That happened again? That happened again? And it's because I wasn't ready. God was, like I said, he was waiting. He, he has his hands open wide saying, what do you need and what do you want? 
And we just you know, have I to could... answer the call. We really do. And I tell people all the time, he ends up bringing us back to him regardless. A lot of times we see the signs, we just ignore them. And sometimes we see them signs and we just go for it. Right. But when it's all said and done, it all goes back to him praising him. And you know what? At the end of the day, this is what I believe. We are going to make it. And we are going to be able to talk about life after. Yes, yes, yes. I know that for a fact. I was telling That's my daughter true. the other day, I was telling my daughter, mm -hmm. I said, you know, kids are going to start, the little kids are going to be like, oh, y'all used to go outside and play? Y'all used to, <laughs> what's that thing called a mall? But we're going to be able to go and do those things again one day. We are. We just yes. have, we're in a holding pattern. Think about yes. that. We're not it's a reset. Pay. It's a global, worldwide reset. Yeah, right. <laughs> Can't go anywhere. So just sit still for a little while. Hold on. Hold on just a little while longer. We're going to get through this. There's life after. I promise you that. On that note, Dr. Lady J, thank you so much for being a guest on The Candy Show. I really do appreciate it. I really do appreciate reading this book. And like I said, it's well used. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And guys, I want you to just stay safe. Merry Christmas. I tried to get into yes, this. She got her Christmas. holiday. Yes. <laughs> stay safe. Wear your mask, guys. And just, you know, just have some patience. We'll get through it. Yes. We'll get through it. Yes, we Is will. Is there anything that you want to say to everybody before we get off of here? If there's anything that you want to say, let them know now. Well, first, uh, to you, I want to thank you for allowing me to be part of your platform. You didn't have to do it. I appreciate it. God is going to richly bless you for that. I thank you. You don't know how I've been waiting for this, and I appreciate you so much. And I mean, uh, there's words cannot express how happy I am and elated I am. And I thank you. You've been so gracious, and I appreciate that. Um, as Miss Candy has said, guys, this book is not a once read. This book could be on your coffee table, your bed table, your every your car. Get it for somebody who you know is going through something. It's a great Christmas present. So, you know, I, I didn't write this book for fame and fortune. I wrote this book for healing. And I want anybody and everybody to be healed. And if you need to email me, I mean, you know, um, DM me and send me a message just because you need a prayer. I'm here. Let me know. Let me know. So follow me on Instagram, kidsbiz. 092. So I appreciate you so much. It's K I D Z B I Z Z 092. Thank you so much and I appreciate you. You're welcome and thank you so much. And I can't wait for your next book. Yay! I'll let you know. Bye bye. Take care now. Be good. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Bye bye. Bye.